Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I never told anyone about it. I never talked about it. There was no like, here's the hotline to call if you're a man who's been raped. You know, as a middle school, high school kid just trying to fit in. No one's ever going to know this about me because they would never be my friend. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. On this episode, we'll be talking with my friend Lewis Howes. He's the author of a new book called The Mask of Masculinity, These masks are really fascinating. The idea of these masks, these social masks that men wear. I mean, I guess they're not all social, Jason, but these are essentially these false identities, these personas that we as men, and this is specifically geared towards men because Lewis speaks from his personal experience here today. These are personas that we put on in order to protect ourselves from being vulnerable and open, and these include things like being stoic, not having emotions, being athletic, distinguishing ourselves on the field or on the court, or material wealth, uh, an alpha male mask, an aggressive tough guy mask, you get the idea. There's a lot of us that make jokes about everything because we're afraid to open up. There's a lot of us that pretend to know everything because God forbid we should not know something, that would make us less than. So we're gonna explore these masks here today. We'll also discuss some of the reasons why we wear these masks and we'll explore ways in which we can become more aware of these masks and what we can do about them once we're able to fully spot ourselves hiding behind them in the first place. And I know, Jason, we kind of dove into this one because Lewis and I have been friends for so long. Was this something that was familiar to you or are Lewis and I the only guys that tend to wear masks here? Oh, no, no. I'm pretty sure for 20 years I wore the big fat jerk mask. Yeah. To protect myself and my ego to get through the day. Yeah, I think we all wear these masks. And I'm waiting for the book about the masks for women here, because again, this is geared specifically towards guys, but I think women will find a lot of value in here as well, because women see these masks, they just don't necessarily know if it's a mask on the guy in their lives, and they probably see these masks cause a lot of problems in their relationships with the men in their lives as well. So, man or woman, you will learn a lot about the personas that men wear in order to protect themselves, ourselves, here during this episode. And don't forget, we have a worksheet for today's show, so you can be sure you understand each of these masks here and the takeaways from Lewis Howes. That link is in the show notes at theartofcharm.com slash podcast. All right, here's Lewis House. First things first, Lewis, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. It's been a long time. It's been a while, man. I appreciate you. And so many people continue to listen to the interview that I did with you a while ago. I don't know if you see the tweets every single week. From I do. Talking about it, yeah. I don't know if that's you or if you have an automated bot who's responding to all of them. But uh, No, it's me. What that has done has made me really wish I wore a different shirt to your house to record that show. <laughs> I'm so sick of seeing that red shirt. I'm never going to wear it again. It's so funny. Yeah, man, it's always good to connect. You're someone who knows probably more about this topic than anyone that I've you know talked to or interviewed with or has a show. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on everything that we're covering. The idea of a social mask or any kind of mask that we put on, any kind of persona that we employ It's so not relegated to men only, but as a guy, I can only speak from my own perspective with any sort of authority. Same with you, right? As far as the listening audience knows, neither you or me has ever been a woman um, and probably won't be any time in the near future. The limits of our experience are such that I can look at these masks and then put them through through the paces of my own childhood and adulthood for that matter. It's a little depressing because at first you go, oh yeah, I wore that mask. Oh, I wore that mask. And then you just go through all of them and you think, who am I? I'm a douchebag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, What the hell? I'm a terrible person. 
Did you go through that as you researched this book? Because I would imagine you found these masks by going, what am I wearing? And you took one off and there was another one underneath and it's like a Russian doll, right? Yeah, I just started researching and interviewing a lot of psychologists because I was like, these are the people that know the research. Here's my personal opinion. You know, I realized that I was driven by sports and to win and the desire to be right all the time because of my need for acceptance. And so I knew that, okay, that's something that I could relate to. The material mask necessarily wasn't a biggest mask for me my entire life. There was a phase of a few years where I was driven by money and it was focused on it and fixated on it. But it wasn't like I needed to have the fancy car or the nice house. It wasn't my go-to. The stoic mask, you know, is something that I lived by. The sexual mask was definitely in high school and college in my 20s. I just wanted to sleep with a lot of girls, but it never fulfilled me. And so it was just something that I could use to be like, I'm cool. I can fit in. I can talk about. I can brag about. The aggression mask, the aggressive mask was definitely something I lived with as an athlete. I never was able to turn it off. And I was always in competition mode. The Joker mask, for me, it wasn't really a thing. I didn't need to like, always be the funny guy. Yeah, I don't see you that way at all. I look at some of these other ones and I'm like, okay, you know, I can see these and we'll go through these more in depth. But the Joker one is the one that I see with you the least because maybe it's situational, but it's certainly not something you wear all the time. We all have someone in mind that is in every situation, they have to say a joke. They have to like say something to make people laugh or it's too uncomfortable or too vulnerable for them to actually sit with the moment that they have to say something to make it lighter. You know, all these masks, there's nothing necessarily wrong if we wear a mask. They're all serving a purpose. And for me, the athlete mask served a big purpose. It got me big results. My dream was to be a professional athlete. Wearing that athlete mask drove me, committed me, you know, allowed me to go above and beyond to achieve certain athletic results. The material mask, I put it on for a few years when I was broke. On my sister's couch, I was like, never again do I want to be broke. So I worked my butt off nonstop, fixated on making money, making money. Everything was about learning how to make money. And it worked. I made millions of dollars in sales in my business within a couple of years. Let me pause you here for a second, actually, because I want to dig into these a little deeper. The athlete mask is pretty clear, right? You go onto the field and there's a place where it's okay for you in practice or on the field to be aggressive, like you can talk smack. You can shove people around literally or figuratively. And I know a long time ago, actually, I was sitting with you. We we're doing some classic West Hollywood stuff, like having a smoothie or something. <laughs> and we were talking about something and you're like, yeah, you had gotten in like a fight. And I thought, what are you talking about? You got in a fight. Are you 11? What happened? I was 11 for sure because I reacted and got in a pretty bad fight in a no stakes basketball game on, on the mean streets of West Hollywood. This is when everything actually, that fight is actually the start of me discovering, you know, who am I? Why am I allowing myself to react to so many things? That moment was like the end of a perfect storm where I was going through a, a kind of a hectic relationship, breakup. It was very up and down. I think you remember that experience where I was also going through a business breakup. I remember meeting her and I remember going, Oh, you're the, oh, got it. And I remember it all clicking in real time and going, <laughs> oh, you're dating this girl. This is the girl I've been hearing stories about. Because I took a seminar. She just happened to be at the seminar. And I heard, you know, what goes on at that seminar because you took it too. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this girl has a lot of ish that she's working on. She really hates men a lot. And then it was like, here, here's my ex-girlfriend. And I was like, ding, it all makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. And I was also going through like a business breakup with a partner of mine that we weren't able to communicate. I mean, I, I speak for myself. I wasn't able to communicate and, you know, our visions were separating. And so because there was that tension, it was just like I was reacting from a place of needing to be right, needing to win, all those things. And the athlete mask, again, it served me in such a big way to achieve my dreams. It helped me on the field. It helped me get to the next level. It helped me during tryouts, all those things. But the challenge was I wore the athlete mask pretty much 24-7. After practice was over, I wore the same mask. When I'm in relationships, when I'm at business meetings, I needed to always be right and win at all costs because I associated my self-worth with my ability to win and to be smart and right. And if I ever lost a game, I was the worst loser ever because I didn't think people would love me if I wasn't good enough to 
win the game or to be the starter or to whatever. And so I took that same feeling of the desire to have high self-worth and love myself. And if I ever was wrong in any situation with my girlfriend or business partner or whatever, driving in the streets, I had to always be in front, ping pong, whatever. It was just like I had to. Ping pong. I'm sorry. That's a real game that can get pretty heated. I know. Anything. It's a real game. Everything was a competition. So I always wore the mask. And again, it got me big results. That's why men wear masks because it gets us results. But when we suffer inside and it's never enough and there's never fulfillment with those results, that's when we get to look within and say, well, what am I doing that's not working for me? I think when I met you, you were discovering a lot of this. I mean, I've known you for a really long time, actually. I thought about this. I've known you for like five years or something. And I remember going through some of this stuff and, I, and it makes sense because if you're taking, if you wear the athlete mask in high school, for example, and it's like, wow, Lewis is so great at basketball. He's so cool with football. Everyone likes him. You're like, well, I'm just going to wear this mask all the time. And then you get in an intimate relationship and winning and losing zero-sum games like sports where one team is the winner and they have the pride and the other team has to lose because that's how sports work. But you're bringing this to the table with your girlfriend and she's upset about something and you're like, hmm, if I let you win this one. Man up. Right, if I let you win this one, then <laughs> yeah. I lose and I'm gonna lose respect from other people because that's the, how this mask functions. You're like, well, I just gotta make you lose now. And that obviously demolishes intimate relationships. And I, I remember my initial impression of you is really positive and we, we were fast friends. But after a while, I think some of these masks grabbed a hold of you because I know you were going through those tough times and I feel like these masks are amplified in those tough times. Because I remember talking with you about something and really feeling like, oh man, he really wants to like win this conversation. We were talking on the phone or, or maybe we were having dinner, I can't remember. And I was like, oh, I gotta let Lewis like win this conversation because you were angry about something. It wasn't anything I did. You're just kind of angry. And I was like, oh, he really wants to win in this conversation. So I just kind of let it happen. And I thought, Ugh, I don't know how healthy that is. But you know, when your friends do stuff, you let it go. But I just thought, wow, if you're bringing this to your girlfriend or your brother and sister, or your business partners, like this is not gonna be good for you long-term. It's funny because when I launched the podcast, it was before I started realizing a lot of these things about like how much of a, you know, an ass I was or all these masks I was wearing or just how, how wrong I was in a lot of situations. As I started to do the research and dive in and go through breakdown after breakdown in my relationship and business and health and everything, and this fight I got in, I put a guy in a hospital, I'm not saying no. to brag or anything, I went so ballistic and I justified it by saying, well, he hit me first. So I was allowed to do whatever I wanted to after that. And so I just went crazy and just like the ultimate Hulk came out of me. It was like all the aggression and anger and resentment that I've been building up for years. I now had the opportunity to let it out because that was my safe space on the field, on the court. That's where I was allowed to be aggressive and where I was trained to be a machine for 20 years was on the field. And so when I was angry in my relationship, I wanted to take it out on my girlfriend. I would shut down in the relationship. I didn't have the emotional courage to communicate and be vulnerable. So I would say, I need to go do what a man does or what I've known to do, and that's go play sports and get it out. And every time I was going on the basketball court after all this was happening, it was like I was looking for a fight. And I don't know, Jordan, if you ever like just walk down the street sometimes like looking for someone to give you a bad look where you're like, I wish someone would look at me. Yeah, back when I was taking karate in high school, I was like, just try something, I will kung fu your ass. Exactly, that was my come from for a few months where I was just like, I want someone to start a fight with me because I just felt invincible. I felt like it didn't matter, I was going to destroy anything in my path. If someone cut me off in the street, I'm going to destroy you. If someone tried to hurt me on the basketball court, I'm going to destroy you. And I started to have that mentality where I was just screaming at people, yelling at people on the basketball court shoving people. I was just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And one day, a guy bigger than me didn't back down <laughs> and he headbutted me. Oh, and then it was just ouch. like, let's throw out the gloves and, you know, Royal Rumble. Sure. You're like, who do you think you are, Jason Statham? I'm going to take exactly. you down now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who headbutts people? In the moment when I'm literally on top of him, UFC style, like just slamming his head in the ground with my fists, it felt incredible. And the moment I got off, and there's blood squirted all over the basketball courts, and everyone's in shock, and I'm shaking. And I look across the street, and I realize that 
the police stations right there. And I look at his face and I can't even recognize it because there's blood everywhere and there's a huge gash. And I realized in that moment, who the F am I? What am I doing with my life? Why am I so reactive in a situation that is meaningless? Why do I allow it to get to me so easily? And I literally ran home like a little child. And I remember just like shaking the whole way thinking, I have everything to lose. You know, my reputation as like this good guy or whatever, my business, my, you know, I could go to jail. Like who knows? I have everything to lose, nothing to gain from reacting, from coming from a place of this masculine energy that I thought I was supposed to do. And I remember running up into my bedroom, into the bathroom uh, in my bedroom and just like shaking, looking in the mirror, washing my uh, knuckles off of the blood and just kind of trembling and being like, I have no clue who I am. I was 30 years old and I was just like, I have no clue who I am. And it's time to let go of this because if I continue to live this way with this type of energy, I didn't know it was these masks at the time. I was just like, I have no clue what is going on and why I'm so reactive. But I know nothing as good is going to come from this if I continue to live this way. And that's when I started to do the deeper work, started interviewing psychologists. I went to therapists. I went to emotional intelligence trainings. I mean, I was trying everything just to like learn about myself. I started to realize that, you know, again, these masks, specifically the athlete mask, that one served me. It got me results. It got me the pat on the back for like destroying someone in the football field, I became a starter. And then I played college football, then professional. By having that mentality, it got me results. But when I can't switch it off in life, that's when it hurts you. And it's true for all these masks. You're listening to Jordan Harbinger and his guest, Lewis Howes. We'll get right back to the show after these quick messages. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. And now back to Jordan and Lewis Howes. They're almost connected in a way, because if you think about it, the story you originally told was you have these intimate relationships but you're not, you don't have the emotional skills and courage. You can't cry, there's no pain, there's no feeling, and that we'll talk about in a second. But you have the stoic mask, which then led to a lot of frustration because you had no outlet for these emotions because you weren't showing them, which led to you having the athlete mask, which then gave you an outlet, but it wasn't enough of an outlet, so you had to put on the aggression mask in order to really let loose, exactly. which of course then leads to you fighting because you have to feel invincible because that covers up the fear, and that leads to the alpha mask and the invincible mask blended together, and then of course after that you just realize, I have no idea, like you said, who the hell I even am, 
And then since I wasn't in a relationship anymore, I needed to go seduce women in the sexual mass to fulfill that need of connection and intimacy. But there was zero fulfillment at the end of that. And then I need to go make a lot of money to show that my, you know, because my self-worth is tied to my net worth. And I need to tell people about how much money I'm making and talk about it so I can continue to have people think I'm valuable in the world. Again, this is all about belonging and the need to fit in, the need to feel accepted in the world. All these masks tie back to, do people accept me for who I am? And if we don't feel accepted in the world, then we start to do things to fit in. You know, some people use humor to fit in. If I can make someone laugh, they like me, they want to be around me. So Robin Williams, arguably one of the funnest human beings ever, right? You can ask anyone who's watched a movie or watched something of his that made them laugh, and yet he wasn't able to make himself laugh. And I can only imagine, you know, I never interviewed him and, you know, I don't know the actual facts, but I can only imagine that every time someone was around him, they wanted to hear a joke. They wanted to see him perform. Sure. And yet, I don't know if you watched Goodwill Hunting, but I think uh, that was course. his greatest performance ever. I truly believe that's who he authentically was, like a kind, compassionate, wise human being who cared deeply. And the reason why I think that movie did so well is because he played a role of a lifetime because it was his authentic self in my mind. I don't think he was ever able to do that. He was never able to be compassionate. I remember being on a plane with him one time. Literally walked on the plane. It was Virgin going from New York to LA. And I walked on the plane. He was in, sitting in first class right in the first seat. And there was a woman next to him. And I remember just walking on in this like 20 second interaction of me walking past him, like waiting for people to put their bags away or whatever. He was performing. He was like, hands were in the air, like motioning. He was like telling a joke, making people laugh. Like I can only imagine that's what he had to do in order to feel accepted. And it's just sad that. We, all men, put on these masks and women put on masks to feel accepted and to belong. And some of us use different things. You know, for him, it was humor. For me, it's the athlete, the aggression, the alpha mask. For some guys, and I know you were a part of this, uh, you know, like 10, 15 years ago in the sexual mask, you know, you were kind of like learning about girls and picking up girls. And, you know, that was some of the stuff you were learning about. That was the beginning of my business was like, hey, are you having trouble keeping your sexual mask affixed firmly to your face? Look no further than The Art of Charm. Well, I will teach you how to put on a stoic mask, a sexual mask, a joker mask, a know-it-all mask, whatever it is you want, and we'll fix that shit so tight to your face, we won't even be able to peel it off. And you're going to get massive results. You're going to get a girl's number in the first night. You're going to get them to kiss you on the first night. You're going to get them to go to bed with you. You're going to get them whatever. And that's the challenge. We get results by wearing these masks. But as you know, uh, at the end of the day, there's not that fulfillment in that. And you know a lot of people who are extremely wealthy who haven't figured out how to find fulfillment from all the money and the toys that they have still. I'm not saying these things are wrong or bad. But when we wear them 24-7 and we're never able to find inner peace and they don't serve a greater purpose in the world, then that's when I feel like they're harmful as opposed to helpful. I agree. And I think that... It makes a lot of sense to pry into these masks and look at these because it's very hard for us as men to even realize what the mask is because if you've been wearing a mask long enough, when you look in the mirror, it's what you've seen for the last 10 or 15 years, you actually think that it is you. So if you think every man's invulnerable and tough, the stoic mask, then my emotions are carefully managed, they're suppressed, there's no crying, there's no pain, there's no feeling, you didn't put that mask on at age 30 and decide, you know, I'm going to be stoic. I feel like you discovered these masks as a kid. Do you want to tell us the story of how maybe you started putting on some of these masks in the first place? Yeah. I mean, when I was five, I was, I was sexually abused and raped by a man that I didn't know. An older teen, I guess, boy, man, who was the babysitter's son. And I, it was in kindergarten. I would go to the babysitter, which was across the street every single day for a few hours until my mom was off work and would come pick us up. One day, this situation happened. And, you know, I'm five years old. I don't really understand what's happening. But in the moment, I knew something wasn't right. But I also am kind of like, I was manipulated. I was tricked. I was all these things into this happening. There wasn't a week that went by over the next 25 years where it didn't pop up in my mind. 
And yet I never told anyone about it. I never talked about it because when I really realized what happened at like maybe 11, 12, 13, when it kind of was like, oh, this is something that was really messed up and I wonder why it's affected me so much. There was no like, here's the hotline to call if you're a man who's been raped. There was no conversation with parents that say, you know, if anyone's ever done anything to you, you know, you can always tell us. There was no class that talked about these things. There was no information. And at that time, you know, as a middle school, high school kid, just trying to fit in and already just like pretty much every kid in the world trying to be accepted, trying to fit in and do good in school and not be made fun of and not be bullied, which I was, I was just like, no one's ever going to know this about me because they would never be my friend. I would never belong in any group of male friends if they knew that I was sexually abused by another man, because that means I'm weaker than a man. That means I'm less than a man. That means all these stories that I told myself about what had happened. And so I started to put on the athlete mask, the aggressive mask, the alpha mask. And I said, never again am I ever going to allow any man to touch me or any person to attack me or anyone to be aggressive towards me. I'm always going to protect myself. And, you know, it worked in sports, but it also got me into a lot of trouble because I would be so reactive, overreactive. And it's probably why you felt, you know, offended by me when we had this conversation and I had this need to win because I had this feeling of like, if I ever feel attacked or someone's coming out to get me, that I need to do whatever it takes to defend myself. And I'm not saying that I was right or that I'm justifying those actions that I've had my entire life, but I just had no other way to process it and to emotionally express myself and start to heal from within. And so that trauma, that pain just continued to magnify with training, get bigger, faster, stronger, you know, build my assets, build my wealth, build my influence, my presence so that no one can penetrate and hurt me again. And four and a half, you know, five years ago, when I opened up for the first time about it through one of these emotional intelligence workshops, after I got injured or after I got in this fight, I started doing the work on myself. I realized that there were some things that I was never able to really talk about growing up, you know, that my brother was in prison for four and a half years and I visited him every single weekend and didn't have friends during that time because, you know, I was in special needs classes. I was just constantly picked on. I was like 6'4 when I was like nine years old and had a lot of acne. Again, like cry me a river on being 6'4 at young age. Pick <laughs> something else. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, but at the time I was like the gangly, goofy, you know, acne kid that was skinny. and Hadn't grown into your body yet, as we used to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your brother went to jail when you were eight. Do you think that not having a role model and then the social isolation compounded that? Did that actually exacerbate a lot of this? Because he was gone. I know you guys were tight. Yeah, my dad was working, you know, till seven, eight o'clock every night just to try to make money to provide for the four kids, you know, and dealing with legal fees that my brother was in prison and all this other stuff. So it was just a stressful time. And plus my parents, they never really showed affection or love to each other. They probably should have never been married, but they, you know, had my brother when they were 19 and, you know, just got married and then had more kids. And, and so there was a lot of tension, just constant tension. And I was the youngest and felt alone all the time. I felt isolated all the time. And I felt like no one wanted me. I felt very abused and left behind. And so that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to wear masks. I didn't realize at the time, I was just like, I needed to do something for people to see me, for people to accept me, for me to belong with my classmates, you know, on the playground. It started there. And then it was, you know, more and more. And I got rewarded for it. You know, once I was playing sports, I became really good at it and people wanted me to be around me. Guys called me up and said, let's go play basketball. People wanted me on their team. And so I said, wow, I've never felt this experience where people wanted me around. And now they do. So let me double down, you know. <laughs> like what other masks can I pick up that are going to have a similar result in a different area? Because maybe... Jordan would never ask me to play basketball because he's five foot ten and totally looks like a guy who sucks at basketball. And you'd be right to assume that. <laughs> but like, maybe I should be awesome in podcasting or business. And I'm wondering, did you look at that? I mean, it's probably subconscious, but did you look at this and go, okay, I've got this awesome, I mean, whatever you're doing back then was like LinkedIn webinars or something like that. I've got a book coming out, crushed it, hit the list. After you hit those, did you go, yes, I've achieved something. I actually still feel like crap. I got to look for something else to do now. 
Is that the cycle? When I hit the New York Times bestseller list, I remember still feeling very unfulfilled. I was like, what, what is wrong with me? And I think after that, it was a big eye-opener because I was doing things to still impress and to prove other people wrong as opposed to lift other people up. And I realized after that, I was like, my entire life, I've been living to prove people wrong. The guy who raped me, the kids who made fun of me, the kids who made me pay to be a part of their friend group because I didn't have any friends, but they said I could pay them to be a part of their group, to all the kids who made fun of me in special needs classes when it was like the only able-bodied person with all handicapped kids in class, you know, just all those times of being picked last on the sports team in fourth grade, all those times, I was just like, I'm going to prove the world wrong. I'm going to prove everyone wrong about me. And it worked. That fuel and energy to prove people wrong is the second most powerful fuel in the world. Because I think, you know, I didn't have a sip of alcohol in college. I know you didn't drink at all. I was willing to do anything. I was willing to sacrifice anything to prove everyone wrong. I would go to the farthest places of the world to prove a point. And it worked. I got results. And then at the end of the day, I said, why do I feel like a piece of shit? Why do I feel so empty inside, so isolated, so much suffering and pain still? What do I need? to let go of this pain. I never felt a sense of inner peace. I was never able to fall asleep at night peacefully. It always took me about two hours to fall asleep because my mind was always racing. And after I hit the New York Times bestseller list and I learned about this idea that you know about very well of win-win, and I never understood that concept before it came to me a few years ago when someone taught me this lesson about, you know, you can win, Lewis, and you can also make it so that everyone else wins around you. And I was like, what? No, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. And I got to be the guy that wins. Exactly. For me to fit in, I need to win at everything. And I learned this lesson and it literally kept me up at night. The whole night I learned this and I was like, wow. I looked at every situation in my life from childhood till that moment. And I was like, pretty much everything I've done has been me needing to win and everyone else needing to be second place or just losing in general. And I never realized that how like hurtful and painful that was for other people and for myself and how I was just continued to isolate myself, thinking that in order to win, I'm going to have people who want me to be around them. I'm going to be accepted, but actually it was doing the opposite. It was isolating me even more from potential friends in the world. And that's when I shifted my energy and said, from now on, I'm going to do everything from a win-win mentality. And so this conversation we had must have been before <laughs> this all happened. I wasn't going to say it, but it was absolutely one of those like, yo, we could both come away with something good here, but you just don't want that. <laughs> exactly. And so I take full responsibility and, and apologize ah, all good, and, and own up to it again. It was just like my fears, my insecurities of, of every area of my life, not just like one conversation with you that I'm forgetting, but everything that I've been through, I realized, wow, like I must have been just a dick a lot of the times. We'll be right back with more from Lewis Howes after these quick messages. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Your support keeps us on the air. And for a list of all the discounts from our amazing sponsors, visit theartofcharm.com slash advertisers. Now for the conclusion of our interview with Lewis Howes. 
it wasn't necessarily such a dickish thing. It was more like this. It was kind of like, hey, Lewis, you have a podcast. I have a podcast. We should cross promote. And you were like, actually, I have an idea. How about you promote my podcast and I don't do anything for you at all? And it wasn't really like that. You didn't say that. But I remember coming away and going, okay, guess that's not going to work for him. Another mutual friend of mine was there, Caleb. And I remember asking him about that. That's how long ago this was, by the way. And he was just like, yeah, what the hell? That was so strange. And then I was like, yeah, I don't get it. And he's like, you know, he's used to dominating people on a football (laughs) field. Maybe like this is how he does business. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense. That's too bad. He's like a cool dude. I like him. And he's like, yeah, whatever. People aren't perfect. And we just kind of shrugged it off. Like I only even thought about it again, reading this book and going, "Ah, of course, now it all makes sense. And that moment I realized like, wow, my entire life I've been fueled by anger, fueled to prove people wrong. I'd never felt a sense of inner peace and fulfillment. And once I shifted and I just said, every conversation, every business deal that I do, everything, sponsorship, whatever it may be, speaking gig, like it has to come from a place of win-win when I make a decision on something. Conversation, always like coming from a place of giving. All the people I have on my show now, it's just like, how can I give? How can I give? It's like, I'm almost too much of like a giver now and and, uh, where I'm asking for nothing in return. You know, it's just like, giving and giving and giving to everyone. And I'm just trying to come from a place of win-win in every situation. And how can we both be right? As opposed to, I need to be right, you're wrong. Where I'm just like, you know what? I'm curious. Like, I want to learn. If I'm wrong, like, cool, let me know. Give me the information. Let's talk about it. And I think this is trying to tie this back into a cohesive point. You know, in relationships, I think a lot of men that I grew up with kind of have this mentality, maybe not as strong as I have, but the desire to win and be right in relationships. and it causes a lot of dis-ease and distress within intimate relationships between men and women. And one of the things that I've been learning about this is the men who've been going through and saying, wow, I've realizing that I've come from this place as well, maybe in a different mask, and how it's hurt my relationships. They're seeing a lot of healing finally, because now they're able to communicate really what's been going on with them and that they've never been able to talk about. So for me, that's what this has all been all about, is to heal myself, continue to let go of everything that hasn't served my inner peace and a greater purpose for my life. And every action and decision and conversation I have now, I ask myself, is this coming from a place of creating inner peace for me and serving a greater purpose? Or is me reacting to someone cutting me off on the street right now in a car and me reacting and driving out to them and flipping them off and screaming, does that give me inner peace? And does that help me support my purpose? No. So I go back to that question. I do my best. Like I'm still not perfect. And I'm sure I still piss people off and make mistakes a lot, but that's my intention. And I focus on it as much as possible. And for the first time, Jordan, in the last 30 plus years of my life, I started to fall asleep within 10, 15 minutes. And I didn't understand. I was like, all my friends who could fall asleep within like, they'd shut their eyes and they'd pass out. I'm like, how do you do that? It was like a superpower. And now I'm like, wow, I can literally just lay down and in 10, 15 minutes, like I'm out. And it's the greatest feeling. I understand that because I think that no matter what, your brain has to take the masks off and process everything that's happened throughout the day, at least for me, before I go to bed. So if I'm thinking about, yeah, well, that guy deserved it because he headbutted me, you know, so screw him. I've got to kind of process that whole thing and rationalize my actions so I don't feel bad. And the, the mask contributed to that. And if I just sat around at a party and bragged about, sexual conquests and material possessions for a long time, I would have to spend a good chunk of time rationalizing why that was okay and I didn't look like a total a-hole. And you'd find three or four friends that would confirm it and back you up and be like, yeah, you're justified in doing that and they confirm it. You'd find people to confirm it for you. With either similar masks or just really good friends that don't want you to feel bad and they're like, no, no, it's okay that you almost put this poor guy in a hospital because he said that foul shot was not legit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, a friend of mine who was there at the game with me, he gave it to me straight. He goes, you've got a problem. You know, I love you. I'm your friend. I've known you for over a decade, but this is not okay anymore. And he got really mad at me. And I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I was already seeing the realization within me, like looking in the mirror and being like, what is wrong with me? But when he was like, Lewis, like, I'm not going to go play with you again. Like, this is not okay. And I don't want to play any sport with you again. I was like, oh, wow, I'm doing the opposite of what I intended to do was to like fit in. My best friend doesn't want to hang out with me anymore if I continue to wear this mask. And he had the courage to kind of like, 
you know, with a loving place, share that with me. That's when I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. I don't want to spend another 20 years of my life reacting all the time, being angry and resentful and unforgiving all the time. It was exhausting. And uh, it's been a beautiful experience of constantly processing it and allowing myself to heal. And, and that's why I really was like, you know what, this is a mission for me. When I started talking to more men about this, I realized I wasn't alone where I thought I was. And when I opened up about being sexually abused on my podcast four years ago, it was the biggest podcast I'd ever done. And it still continues to like get shared out there and people write me. And I received hundred. I never received a response like this before. Obviously, it was pretty shocking when a tall, white, jock, straight male guy opens up about this because you never really see that. But I was getting hundreds of emails of men sharing essays about their sexual abuse experiences, what had happened to them, so much to the point where mine looked like a Disney movie compared to what these guys went through. It was horrific, the things they were sharing with me. Some men were like, I've been holding on to this for 40 years. My wife doesn't know. My kids are fully grown. No one else knows. And all these men said the same thing that no one knows about it. And then I was like, what? They've been doing the same thing I've done my entire life when no one else knew. And I started to research and realized that one in six men have been sexually abused or raped. And yet, most of them never talk about it. And there's no really great format to open up to your friends about it or to your family about it. It's already looked down upon when it happens to women. And yet, if it happens to a man, it means you're less than a man. It means you're not masculine enough. It means you're not strong enough, whatever. And I just realized, wow. This is such a bigger issue than just me. This is a thing that so many men have faced in America and the world. And that's when it became a mission for me to just research and interview and talk to the experts and figure out, okay, what are these masks and what do they mean? And why do we wear them? And when do they start to develop in our early childhood? And what can we do to take them off so we don't feel you know, afraid and without our armor on? And how can we start to communicate about this so we gain more acceptance and what is vulnerability? Is it actually weakness or is it actually the most powerful thing that any human being can do is be vulnerable? Because that's where ultimate interaction and connection and intimacy comes from. And so I just went down this rabbit hole. And after the School of Greatness came out, my publishers were like, you've got to do the next business book, an entrepreneur book. And I was just like, to be honest, none of that excites me. What excites me is continuing to learn about myself and you know, healing and also helping all the other men who've been responding to me from this episode that I did and trying to create something for men to be able to process and improve their life. And that's what this has been all about. So people can't just decide to take these masks off. They require therapy. You can't just change internal patterns that you've had for decades simply by deciding to try to live life without them. This isn't how our brain works. We can't just simply wish ourselves different than we are without putting in the work. So where would you suggest people start to put in the work to make lasting changes if they say, oh crap, I do wear the alpha mask. I am the know-it-all. I am the joker. Well, here's the thing. I think we can start to change, but it comes usually, most of us aren't just going to look for it and say, oh, I need fixed because we think we're already perfect. We don't want to do the work automatically unless we're aware that we want to. I never wanted to do any type of workshops or anything like that because I was like, I have all the answers. You know, my masks were on so strong that I was like, I'm always right. Why do I need help? Unfortunately, it usually takes some type of catalyst, as you know. It takes a breakup. You know, I went through a toxic breakup and I was like, why am I suffering so much inside? Why am I in so much pain? And that pain came to like an awakening of trying to learn a solution. Or there are people have a near-death experience or someone dies close to them. And then there's an awakening. There's a catalyst. Something happens or they get fired from their job and they say, okay, let me, I've been doing something my whole life to prove to my parents that I could live up to what they wanted and now I got fired and now it's time for me to rediscover what I really want to do. And so unfortunately, these catalysts, and I had three big catalysts, which it took me because I was so stubborn. Like one wasn't good enough. I needed three. And usually that's what it takes. And once we have that catalyst, I think we start to go down the path. And either therapy or workshops or books or coaching, whatever it may be, you know, there's something where we're going to need to communicate at some point. We're going to need to talk. And I think we aren't able to fully heal until we start sharing the things we're most 
ashamed of, the things we're most afraid of, the things we're most insecure about. I don't think we're able to fully heal until we talk about it and let it out. And I think it's just figuring out what that place is for you to let it out. For me, I tried everything and uh, some of it worked better than others. And I think it's all good, you know. One thing I want to be real clear on is that society convinces many men and women, but let's say men, because we're, again, we're talking from our own experience here, and the masks that you listed are largely the ones that a lot of guys rely on. Women have their own set of masks. I'm waiting for that book. Yeah. So many women have asked me to be like, hey, let's write the mask for a women book. And I'm like, that's not my place. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, here's an idea. You write it, and then you can come on my show later <laughs> exactly. and talk about it. But society convinces many men, we got to behave in a certain way. We're not going to be successful. No one's going to love us, just like this stuff that you had go on. And that idea, that's a lie. It's a dangerous lie because it causes us to put on one mask and then trade it for another and another and another. But I want to be really clear here. Sometimes it's okay for guys to be stoic. Sometimes it's okay for guys to be joking around. It's obviously okay for guys to be athletic. It's obviously okay for guys to pursue material wealth. It's just not okay for it to completely absorb you and for you to look in the mirror and say, this is who I am when really you're just wearing the mask, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, you need to be uh, stoic and aggressive if you're a soldier and on a battlefield. Otherwise, you die. So there are certain things you need to do. You know, when I was broken on my sister's couch, I put on the material mask. Otherwise, I'd still be on my sister's couch broke because I needed to learn and understand and fixate on this for a certain period of time. But we also need to understand context and setting and who we're talking to about certain things and being real as much as we can. Because when I was wearing the material mask, I didn't have any other relationships. I gained 50 pounds. People called me Fluis for Fat Lewis. You know, now I'm not going to be able to not use that for you, right? Dude, I have some photos that will make you like cringe. I can't wait to see those. <laughs> really, I can't. <laughs> but I've made a lot of money and the mask worked. It worked in one area of my life, but then I didn't have any intimate relationships. I was not sleeping because I was up till 4 a.m. every night trying to do all the work my own. You know, I was getting fat, all this stuff. And so, again, we just need to be aware of these masks. Like, we just got to be aware of it and realize, does this serve us? Does this give us inner peace and support a greater vision for our life and humanity? Or is it hurting our inner world and our outer world? And that's what I think we get to be mindful of. I think that's really important. And I think this is sort of a great place to leave it because it sounds like what you're saying is successful men, happy men, people who are emotionally healthy are not confined to these pre-cut cookie cutter ideals of what guys are supposed to be like, of the things they see on TV, things they read in books. Successful, emotionally healthy people and men are the ones who actually break through these masks in spite of all of these ideals that we seem to be getting conditioned to as kids and as adults. Exactly. So, Lewis, thanks for coming on and being so open about this. I know it's not easy to come on and talk about, here's where I went wrong for the last 30 years and all this <laughs> bad stuff I've done. And here's the thing. I always felt like you knew me before. I was a happy guy. I was joyful, happy, like fun to be around, I'm assuming, most of the time, except when I had the trigger and like it turned into defensiveness. And for me, I was just like, don't try to change me. This is who I am. You'll never understand me to people. So my intentions were never to be like, a mean, nasty, aggressive guy, but I just didn't have the emotional capacity or courage to learn that stuff and to deal with my trauma and deal with the things that I was holding on to. But it was never my intention. And that's the thing. It's like most of us are never even aware. I wasn't even aware. I was just like, well, I guess that's the way life is. You know, I just get upset. <laughs> yep. Some people get headbutted. What am I going to do? Exactly. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Look, you're a single guy. You got no kids. Why should somebody who's like, look, I'm a middle-aged Hispanic man. I have my kids with me. You don't have any experience with this, Lewis. Come on. Why should I listen to you? I got different masks you haven't even begun to screw with. Absolutely. And all I can speak from is my own personal experience and the experiences of interviews from other men who wear these different masks. So that's why, you know, when people check out the book, if they read it, they'll see in every chapter. I write about myself on how I've worn that specific mask, where I've fallen short as a human being, not even just a man, but as a human being in different stages of my life or how I could have been better. And then I interview someone who is the epitome of that mask and have them share. So I had 70-year-old war veterans. I had, you know, 
transgender. I interviewed people with fa big families who had five kids and who played in the NFL and who people who slept with thousands of women to men who made billions of dollars. So I've interviewed those people. And then I've interviewed all the psychologists who've worked with these individuals who can share, well, here's really the facts, the science, the research, the things that happen in our brain and our heart and our soul and our experience. This is why we do certain things. So for me, it's not saying I have all the answers. It's sharing one human being's perspective, trying to relate it to as many as possible through my experience, and then backing it with research, psychology studies, and other personal experiences from other men. Lewis, thanks so much, man. Again, really not an easy thing to come on and talk about this. I know you've done it before, but also you haven't probably done it that many times with people that can be like, wait, I was there for that. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Well, I appreciate you uh, accepting my apology. And again, I, I never wanted to upset you or... None required, man. People have ups and downs. If I really had a problem with it, we, we just wouldn't have stayed friends. But you got to do better than that if you're going to lose me as a friend. So thank you once again, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate you. Great big thank you to Lewis Howes. The book title is The Mask of Masculinity. Of course, that'll be linked up in the show notes for the episode. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Lewis on Twitter. We'll have that linked in the show notes as well. Tweet at me your number one takeaway here from Lewis Howes. I'm at The Art of Charm on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Jordan Harbinger. Don't forget, we've got worksheets for today's show so you can make sure you understand all the key takeaways from each guest on the show. This one is no exception. That link is in the show notes at theartofcharm.com slash podcast. This episode of The Art of Charm was produced by Jason DeFilippo. Jason Sanderson is our audio engineer and editor. Show notes on the website are by Robert Fogarty. Transcriptions by transcriptionoutsourcing.net. And I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. If you can think of anyone who might benefit from the episode you've just heard, please pay us the highest compliment and pay it forward by sharing this episode with that person. It only takes a moment and great ideas are meant to be shared. So share the show with friends and enemies and leave everything and everyone better than you found them.